As we get ready to turn the page on this year and head into the 2024 election year, heated rhetoric between parties is at an all-time high. In response, several groups are working to bring people together from all sides, not necessarily to change anyone's mind on the issues, but to at least get them to have a civil conversation about it. More on that now from Aaron Zittner, reporter and editor at The Wall Street Journal. Aaron, it sounds like a great idea in theory. How did this come about? Well, there are tens and tens of thousands of Americans who are participating in these uh, efforts by various groups to bring the two parties together. There's just a big group in this country that calls itself the exhausted majority. They're just tired of politics, tired of the coarseness, and they think that partisan animosity has gotten so bad that it's a grave danger to this country, that we can't come together to solve the big problems that we have to solve. Uh, So there's an appetite for this kind of thing. And organically, a number of groups uh, uh, created themselves, a lot of them after the 2016 election. They have names like Braver Angels, Listen First, More in Common. I mean, a lot of these pre-existed the election of 2016, but a lot happened since then. And, you know, this is a very big task they have because partisan animosity and the anger in politics is just so formidable that um, they've got, you know, a tough road in trying to convince a country of 300 million to tone it down and find ways to come together. Right. And some of these groups are seeing a lot of support from donors who also think that politics has gotten too nasty. Talk about that a little. Well, that's right. I mean, you know, it might be true or it might be cynical to say that the forces of incivility, they're like the waves pounding on the beach every day. I mean, partisan uh, news media, social media, uh, coarse rhetoric from people at the very top of each political party is out there every day. And these groups could feel like grains of sand on the beach being pounded by just the kind of overall tone and tenor of politics. But there are some things that kind of suggest some momentum for them. One is, again, tens and tens of thousands of people have participated in various kind of uh, bridging, come-together programs intended to bring red and blue together. And yes, there are serious, uh, there's serious interest from the philanthropic community. One set of donors alone which includes the foundation started by Charles Koch, who's the libertarian conservative industrialist, you know, might know about the Koch brothers and Americans for Prosperity. They're Mm -hmm. big conservative donors. They've come together with some very liberal groups, and they've pledged to raise $100 million for these civic society organizations. They've already raised about $40 million and given away about $30 million. And the uh, other elements that suggest some momentum here are there's a big uptick in, in interest among uh, academic researchers, social scientists, who are out there testing different advertising messages, different uh, online interactive techniques, and different kind of rules for in-person conversations to kind of come up with some metrics and guidelines on what works best uh, in lowering partisan hostility and how best to kind of do the marriage counseling of bringing red and blue together. And the final thing I'll say that suggests some seriousness here is there are serious players in the policy debates in national politics who are looking at this. And, yeah, there are governors involved, but, you know, there are people who are in it who aren't in it for self-promotion. So one person who I didn't get a chance to include in the story is a top person at a group called Numbers USA. They're a conservative organization that um, 
lobbies on immigration and favors immigration restrictions for the most part. They're saying, hey, we're able to kill the things on immigration that we don't like, but we're never able to pass what we do like because things have gotten too toxic. And they've come to one of these groups, Braver Angels, to try to learn about their blind spots and how they might start a dialogue that works. In my story, I talk about Dr. Francis Collins. He was head of the National Institutes of Health during the COVID crisis and until recently was the acting science advisor to President Biden. In his personal capacity, he said, look, you know, uh, I just don't understand. We, we invented a vaccine. We, we set out to save millions of lives during COVID, and a lot of the country rejected it. I personally have a blind spot. I need to figure out how to communicate science better. And he came to Braver Angels. So there's signs that real people and real money and many Americans are getting engaged here. So I can guess what they are, but what are some of the biggest challenges to this movement succeeding? Well, there are a few. One, again, is just the relentlessness and coarseness of our dialogue. And a lot of that, I think, has to do with the power that's underappreciated in politics, the power of group identity. So many Americans are now kind of just built into their identity that they're a Democrat or a Republican or a Trump supporter or a Democratic supporter. And and once you identify with a group, it's easier to demonize the other party and the other group. Makes sense. Thanks, Aaron. Aaron Zittner, reporter and editor at The Wall Street Journal based in Washington, D.C.